Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, just as the sports world, and really a big chunk of the real world, uh, grinds to a halt and everybody shuts it down and tries to avoid getting the coronavirus, the NFL perks up with free agency. It's the new NFL year, and there are deals being reported according to sources. Um, Nothing's official yet. That's coming, though, and pretty quickly. But the big news yesterday in the local scene is the former Cougar, Kyle Van Noy, who was drafted by the Lions, and uh, that didn't work, uh, but moved to the Patriots, and they got the best out of him. And he got Super Bowl rings, and he made 250 tackles and scored three touchdowns, and he forced fumbles and recovered fumbles and intercepted passes and made a bunch of big plays. He's cashing in. Now, Kyle Van Oy, and this will make you feel old, he's 29 now. And so it's time, uh, you know, at 29 as an NFL linebacker, you're fortunate to still be playing. He's really fortunate to be healthy on top of his game. But this is his big bite at the apple. I mean, he's gonna, if he's going to get the big contract, it's got to be now. And he's going to the Dolphins for four years and $51 million. Uh, Adam Schefter uh, breaking that story. Dolphins had a lot of salary cap space. And their coach, Brian Flores, was in New England, so he knows Van Oy. So there's obviously a, a connection there and a fit there. This is the first time Van Oy's been an unrestricted free agent, and he gets four years and $51 million. So he got an $11.5 million extension with the Patriots for a couple years back in September 2017. So for Van Oy, good for him. He hits it big. Played one of the most incredible bowl games ever where he just destroyed San Diego State in the now defunct poinsettia bowl. He went down there and just was awesome. You know, Man, when he got drafted by Detroit, everybody's waiting for big things. He had an injury and missed half a season and it was pretty frustrating times, but he crushed it in New England, and he's 29, and he had one big swing at free agency, and he gets four years and $51 million from Miami, so uh, good for him. Uh, the, other, the other big story in the NFL is that the Houston Texans have traded their star wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, and he goes to uh, Arizona for David Johnson. Now, there's some draft picks involved, but at the end of the day, David Johnson had one big year. Uh, the last three seasons, he hasn't been able to replicate it. He had 2,000 total yards, I think 1,200 yards rushing, 800 yards receiving in uh, 2016. I mean, that was, that was big-time production. Uh, but he hurt a knee one year. He... Uh, Broke a wrist and barely played one year. Had a couple injuries the past year. He did play 13 games, so a little healthier. But he ran for like 345 yards. This guy's had one big year in the NFL, and he's five years in. This is a point where a lot of NFL guys are done. And he's still got a decent salary and roster bonuses. It's not like he's cheap. And they need a running back. Carlos Hyde apparently wants to check out free agency here and isn't interested in coming back. But how do you trade DeAndre Hopkins? This guy has just just been crushing it. I mean, he is an elite wide receiver. 300 catch seasons, 5,000 yard seasons, two of them 1,500 yards. Uh, this is a guy who's averaging more than 1,000 yards a year across his career. And he's 27, going to turn 28 here in June. That they would trade him and give up on him? Unbelievable. I, I don't get it. Um, I read a little bit of the... Uh, 
I've read a little bit of the analysis of it, and nobody else seems to get it either. And so I don't know if there was bad blood and he had to go, but you think you could get more for him than a journeyman running back who may be done. I mean, that that's not much. They flipped some draft picks too, but that's still not enough. I mean, that's it's mind-boggling what Houston is doing there. Um, from Deshaun Watson, I'm not thrilled. From Kyler Murray, I'm pretty pumped. So Houston... Who knows? Uh, Bill O'Brien is their GM now, and uh, <laughs> everybody's looking at him shaking their head. Uh, the other big money deals, Amari Cooper gets $100 million to stay with the Cowboys. So, you know, they're trying to recreate the, uh, the triplets that led him to three Super Bowls in four years. And Dak Prescott, of course, he got hit with the franchise tag, and now Amari Cooper gets five years and $100 million. So... Good for Amari Cooper, second highest paid receiver in the NFL. I'll give you a second to uh, think about who might be the highest paid. Cooper uh, is getting $60 million guaranteed, so that's a lot of money right there. Atlanta's Julio Jones makes $22 million per year. He's the highest paid receiver uh, right now. So the uh, Washington wanted Cooper, or at least they figured they'd pretend to want him and figure even if they can't get him, they can make Jerry Jones pay more for him. I don't know. Ezekiel Ellis, highest-paid running back. Cooper's now got five years and $100 million, so they got their triplets. Um, but, you know, the franchise tag just buys them one year with Prescott, and then we'll see what they do. Uh, we'll see what they do there. All right, so there's some of the NFL news. Uh, is free agency gears up? And, of course, everybody's waiting to see what Tom Brady is going to do. Chris Sims with the report that it's going to be – Either the Patriots or the Buccaneers. It seems like it's, it seems like it's gotta be, it's gotta be the Patriots. But hey, what do I know? All right, DJ and PK, we're gonna take a break. Want to get you NFL headlines, especially Vanoy with that uh, four years, fifty-one million. Uh, when we come back, Donovan Mitchell on GMA. If you missed that, and Spencer Cox, Lieutenant Governor, with PK and I, stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Donovan Mitchell was on Good Morning America. Technology coming through. He can just stare into his computer and uh, do a talk back with uh, with New York, and away he goes. So the latest on uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, how's he feeling? And how's he feeling about Rudy Gobert? And have they spoken? And you'll notice he doesn't answer that portion of the question. The question kind of had a couple parts to it, and he, he skipped right over that. Did admit how upset he was early on. He's pretty hot and needed some time to cool down. So we'll see where that goes when they get back together, whenever that is. Um, right now it seems like they're thinking about July and August and pushing the season way back. Maybe they'll be able to start it in June. Doesn't seem anything like anything uh, sooner than that. But uh, here's here's Donovan Mitchell with Robin Roberts, uh, 97.5, 12.80 The Zone, their interview on Good Morning America. Joining us is Donovan Mitchell in isolation. It is great to see you, Donovan. First of all, how are you feeling this morning? Um, great to see you too as well. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm I'm fine. You know, things are things are going well. Um, 
just in isolation, got a unique setup, but um, yeah, no fever, uh, no symptoms as of right now, and um, I'm just blessed to be able to be okay. We're thankful to hear that. What are, what are doctors telling you? right now um so so right mm-hmm. now you know the biggest thing for me is just to stay in isolation um and just be able to just keep to myself you know um, i have no symptoms which is a unique situation no symptoms now and you had no symptoms when you were tested you didn't feel ill at all no um i keep i keep making the joke and people ask me said if you were to tell me i i'm not playing a seven game series tomorrow i'd be ready to lace up wow so, um, wow um, like I said, I'm, I'm really blessed that that's, that's the case. And tell us what the testing was like for people who may have to be tested. Um, it's actually interesting, you know, so, um, as you know, we all got tested and, you know, for me, it was a, for us, it was a swab out of the throat, but this was about 15 seconds of, uh, probably the most discomfort I've ever had. And I ended up crying, like tears came out my eyes as they started going up and up in this area. But, um, it was definitely unique and, um, but I'm, I'm glad I was able to get it done. In Paula's report, we heard from your teammate, Rudy Gobert, and he has been very apologetic. And he has mm-hmm. admitted also that he was reckless, though he didn't know at the time that he mm-hmm. was going to test positive, but still his actions were um, were reckless. Have you had a chance? Mm-hmm. And, and again, he has apologized, but have you had a chance to have any communication with your teammate? Um, to be honest with you, Robin, you know, it took a while, you know, for me to kind of, cool off, you know, and I, I, I read what he said and I heard what he said. So, you know, I'm glad he's doing okay. I'm glad I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I'm just really happy to be honest, Robin, that it's just, you know, I hate to say there's two of us, but like it wasn't the whole party, you know, at the end of the day, neither him or I have, have children at home. You know, I know I have some teammates that have children, have some staff that have children at home. Um, so I'm glad that we were able to, uh, kind of contain it as much as possible. Thankfully, the vast majority of people uh, will recover. Um, but just can you just, yeah. again, just tell people what your message is for them this morning? I'm asymptomatic. You know, I don't have any symptoms. Um, I could walk down the street if, you know, if it wasn't public knowledge that uh, I was sick, mm-hmm. uh, you wouldn't know it, you know? And I think that's the scariest part about this virus is that, you know, you may seem fine, be fine, and you never know who you may be talking to, who they're going home to. You're in isolation. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, drink the water. So what are you doing? Always got, got to stay hydrated. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> always. So what are you doing? You're, you're an active guy. What are you doing in isolation? How are you occupying your time? The 2K movies and um, as I think some of the, uh, the basketball world saw yesterday, some of the guys are watching their old highlights. I've been doing a lot of that. Yeah. I've watched myself through college. I've watched myself through the NBA. Um, it's kind of bringing back good memories, but you miss the game. You miss playing in front of some of the best fans in the world in the NBA. And the school children, you know, all across the country. And I know, Donovan, that you're, you're doing something to help out there in your community with that. What is it? Yes. So um, right now I'm in a partner. Uh, I'm working on a partnership with the Salt Lake City Granite School District. Um, that's about 80, 88 to 90 schools, about 66,000 kids. Um, just being able to provide them meals, you know, and the, that particular school district in Salt Lake City is um, is home to some of the most vulnerable children in Salt Lake. Right. I, I want to be able to just to give back because, you know, this is like I said, this is time will tell. You know, you really don't know. You can't say you can't doctors can't pinpoint a right. date. So for parents, you know, who may not have 
the money, you know, being able to not send their kids off to school to get to get food, I think is a scary feeling for them. And I want to be able to make sure that they're set and they understand that, you know, guys like myself and whoever may, may have their back. Oh, appreciate your generosity there, Donovan. And, gla- and great to hear about your father in all sincerity. Glad that you're doing as well as, to, as you are and appreciate very much you taking some time to spend with us. You take care. Yes. All Thank right. you so much. Be well. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, Donovan. There's Donovan Mitchell with Robin Roberts. All right. The Lieutenant Governor, Spencer Cox, joined PK and I. Here's our conversation with him. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by the Lieutenant Governor, Spencer Cox. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I apologize. I was supposed to be on earlier and got pulled away, but I, I have a few free minutes. And it's... Uh, I, I, I've always wondered what it would take to get me on with you guys, and it turns out pandemic is the answer. There it is. See? Uh, <laughs> Great. I know you're a little bit of a sports fan because I've seen you at multiple games, and I get when you're a politician, if you're a big sports fan, then you go to games. But even if you're not, you probably got to go because you got to be a man of the people. So before we get into how this is going to impact sports and all that, how big a sports fan are you? Uh, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan. Um, I, uh, in, in fact, it's probably a little unhealthy, um, but uh, my entire life, our family, and we did resolve, revolved around sports. And so I, uh, my first memories were at jazz games with my dad and uncle as a, as a little kid, um, going to college football games here in the state. And uh, that's, that's just what we do with our family, too. So it's, uh, sports is really, really important, and we're all really sad that we don't have any of it in our lives right now. So is this all— So I think with this— oh, go, ahead. go ahead, PK. With, with this virus, we've got three levels, basically. We've got international, national, and local. And, and I can't get enough information at the local level, basically. I mean, when you guys were, what was it, uh, last Wednesday when you came on the air, uh, or was it Thursday? I, I can't even remember. Uh, I think it was Thursday, and you had your, your press conference. You know, I'm all over it. And listening to what you guys are saying uh, one of the things that comes to mind is what is practical for people to do that we do in everyday life and we understand not gathering in massive groups that's been eliminated now for the time being but how about you know grocery store shopping getting gas maybe even going to the gym and work out what is your counsel on that yeah, my counsel is to uh, to take this more seriously than we're uh, we're taking it right now. Um, but what we know from uh, from other nations and and from other states is that this is uh, this is evolving rapidly. Um, we know that it, it does spread rapidly. We know that the uh, that unfortunately the mortality rates are much higher than uh, than what we see with the the common flu, um, especially those that are at risk, uh, those over the age of sixty. But said all of us need to take this uh, this much more seriously. Um, the the we're, we're seeing now in New York and uh, California much more restrictions placed on going out into public and trying to uh, trying to avoid public contact as much as possible. But at the same time, we need to make sure that um, our economy keeps moving, and that's the uh, that's the real. The real difficulty that we're all facing right now, um, I, the, the hygiene stuff that you guys are talking about is, is really, really so important. Um, if you do go to the grocery store, of course, you know, wash your hands, make sure you're not touching your face, um, avoiding a, any type of, of 
grouping of people. I know we've limited it to 100 in the state of Utah, but the CDC came out yesterday and said 50. Um, I, you know, I'm, my counsel to my own family is, hey, let's, let's take a couple of weeks. Let's avoid contact with, with as many people as possible. Um, we'll keep doing our jobs. If you can work from home, do that. Uh, gyms are places where, and restaurants are places where we, we share germs in a way that, uh, that, that can, can be, again, very dangerous to people. And so I, I would just be extra cautious in any of those environments. Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Uh, this may be too specific for your knowledge, but as someone who jacked up his knee playing basketball in his 20s and uh, is worried about tearing an Achilles now, uh, I've kind of defaulted to swimming. And I often lap swim because of the time of day I go. I'm often the only person there. Obviously, you shouldn't be at a pool with, you know, 50 other people swimming. A swim team, that's a bad idea. We get that. But for the people who've got, uh, you know, relatively swim pretty much alone, does chlorine kill this thing or not? Or should we just not be in pools until, you know, the Jazz are back playing games? Wow, that is a very specific question, and I, I don't have a great answer for that one specifically. Um, I will tell you that uh, the, the state epidemiologist, we did have a conversation about hot tubs, and uh, and her recommendation was to uh, to avoid them. Again, kind of communal hot tubs. Obviously, get your own. That's very, very different. So not sure uh, that that extends to cool. All right, sounds like the governor's, uh, the lieutenant governor's uh, phone there dropped. Spencer Cox joined us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Y'all could try and get him back on the air. He's got a few more minutes, so we'll try to get him back there. But uh, when in doubt, don't, I think, then is the, is the uh, deal, PK. The lab, the lab swimming is off for a while. And have to pull back from that one. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah, if you have any issues or any questions, it's better to err on the side of safety. I'm not any doctor. I can't provide any counsel. I'm not telling anybody what to do. But obviously, take as much caution as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking for myself right there. But uh, I will. I will be skipping the lap swimming here. Gonna have to replace it with a walking. Got him back, Yock. All right, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox is back with us. So, okay, oddly specific, but I'm going to err on the side of the caution and skip the lap swimming and, until you uh, direct message me and tell me it's uh, I'm clear to go. That sounds good. How about just stuff like going to the park? Is that something that you would uh, counsel against, or is that okay? No, no, I think that that's the kind of stuff we, uh, you know, we want people to do. It's, it's still important to get outside, um, to get some fresh air, uh, to exercise wherever you can. Um, what, what you what you want to avoid are those common surfaces that, uh, that, that, that everyone is touching. I think that's where we get into problems. Being outdoors is a really, really good thing and a really healthy thing. Um, and uh, and a safer thing where you know we're hoping as the weather warms up and people are able to uh, to get outside that uh, that we'll we'll see uh, the, the the spread of this slow down a little bit. Unfortunately, because it is novel, um, we don't know that much about it. We're not sure yet if it follows kind of the seasonal patterns that the flu and uh, other viruses uh, follow. We're, we're very hopeful about that as warmer weather comes. But absolutely, getting outside, going on walks. 
uh, going to the park, um, staying, you know, keeping social distance, you know, staying six feet away from people, but is is very helpful. Um, but still, getting that uh, that that exercise and that that connection with nature is is absolutely something people should be doing. I suppose even something like because we have obviously a lot of golfers listen to this show, and even something like golf, you know, you can be off the fairway in the rough 30 yards from everyone. Just saying. Uh, But, you know, when you're in the pro shop, uh, if you're riding in a golf cart with somebody, if you're touching a golf cart that someone has driven earlier, are you just walking with a bag over your shoulder? I guess you kind of got to look at every detail and everything you might be thinking about doing. Exactly. Those, those are things to uh, be careful about, but that's a, that's a great example of being able to, uh, to get outside. There's usually plenty of distance between you and people, especially the way I golf. I'm, I'm always off by myself. So, uh, so I think that, that those, are, those are great recommendations um, and, and just, just being careful, keeping a, you know, hand sanitizer with you as, as you exit the pro shop and, and you, uh, you, know, you wash your hands and, and be careful with the, the people you're playing with. Make sure that they don't uh, they don't have any symptoms of illness. How are the availability of testing coming along? Yeah, this has been uh, the the biggest the biggest headache we've had over the past couple weeks, and and uh, was the thing I, I worked on most over this this weekend. Um, and unfortunately, as usually the case, <laughs> we've had uh, problems with uh, with the, the federal government when it comes to testing kits. There were mistakes made early in January and February, and uh, the, the the entire nation is is paying the price for that and making it up. They're finally starting to uh, ramp up uh, the the testing kits, and we've been able to get more and more of those. Um, but the, the chemicals that you have to have to uh, to process the test um, are there. There's not enough of that piece. It, I, I compare it to ink in your printer like we, you know, we got the printer but now we need the ink and and so we're, we're really struggling and, and it's not just us it's every state we are working um, on with some uh, incredible companies here in Utah that have tests that are much uh, can be done much more rapidly they're actually using them overseas but the FDA hasn't approved them here yet in the state of Utah and so we're working with the FDA to get that approval process done all these hurdles that we have to uh, we have to jump through um, the good news is that we expect uh, during this week, we will see significant increases in, in testing. Uh, we've already tested over 500 people um, here in the in the state of Utah, which is not nearly enough. Um, and we are increasing the, the testing capacity every day, especially now that ARUP at the University of Utah is able to test, and uh, IEC should be able to test any minute now, um, which is which is really good. Those those private tests ramping up. So so this is going to be critical for all of us to to increase testing so we can really get a sense of how widespread this is. It's hard to make decisions when you don't have good information, and that's what we've been lacking. You know, everything gets politicized these days. It's, uh, it's just the way things are right now. And I think that um, because you're the same party as the party of the president and because you're not the news media, which isn't always trusted these days, I'm still seeing stuff in my social media about you got to go live your life. This is a hoax. The, um, the fatality rate for this is, you know, 0.1%. So not from the media, not from the party that's out of power in the White House that has an axe to grind in election year. How seriously should people be taking this? 
You know, thank you, David. And this is probably the last thing I can say, and then I've got to go. But um, I, I, I beg people, uh, to implore people to take this seriously. This isn't a joke. Um, it's not the same as the flu. Um, the 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 um, the mortality rate for the flu is point. The, the worldwide mortality rate right now for COVID-19 is 3.4%. That's 34 times of Utah every every year. So if you want to take that and times it by 34, you see what we're talking about. Now, the death rates are very low in the, uh, in the United States right now, but that's because the virus is just just starting to spread. Look at what's happening in Italy. Look at what happened in China. Look at what's happening in other countries. The reason we're taking this seriously is so we don't have those things happen. I want the mortality rate in Utah to be 0.1%, but that only happens if we take it seriously. And uh, and so please, please, please don't listen to the, the crazy uncle on Facebook. Actually listen to, uh, to your state government, your local government. Um, to those that are taking this seriously because we're, we're all trying to do the right thing. Thanks, and thanks for getting the word out, guys. There's the Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox urging everyone, be smart. Be smart. Got to stay more than six feet away from people. Got to uh, keep washing those hands. And uh, you just can't go out in public too much. You got to go to work. You got to be out a little bit, but you really can't do much. Um, that that 34 times, the death rate, 30, fatality rate, 34 times uh, the flu in some places. You got to make sure it's not here. Uh, it's really danger, dangerous for elderly people and for... Uh, People who already have health problems. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, is coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve Cleveland, former BYU coach, former Fresno State coach, uh, joining PK and I to talk about a range of things. He's had to have uh, go to some crazy meetings and have some difficult conversations with people, uh, telling seniors they're not going to the NCAA tournament, even though they thought they were going to be a five or a six seed. Mm. That's a difficult one, um, but it does remind him of some other uh, crazy times he's been in the middle of. Here's Steve Cleveland with PK and I on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve, a couple things have changed since the last time we had you on. <laughs> I wasn't sure uh, what you would all be, t- be talking about these last few weeks. <laughs> well, they had to clean the arena, so we were off for four days with the weekend and uh, I walked into the studio to see yep the arena's definitely been cleaned I don't know the last time the studio looked like this holy cow somebody has definitely been in here cleaning so uh, I'm curious though uh, you have is uh, a coach you've had teams go to the postseason you know how important it was and how many memories it creates but I don't think you ever had to tell a group of guys who'd clearly earned an NCAA tournament berth that they weren't going to the NCAA tournament what would that be like you know, it'd be really difficult. I, I, I tell you, I had a, I had an experience when I went to Fresno, and uh, just to give a little bit of context, um, I remember 
after going to the NIT a second year and uh, having a really good team, and, and all of a sudden we go to – I have to go to San Antonio to meet with the NC2A for significant violations, even, even a possible death penalty with Fresno State and about 40 or 50 attorneys there in San Antonio, and I had a chance to speak to them. And we're basically, I'm there with the president of the school, and it's one of those things where uh, we don't know what's going to happen. They, I had a chance to speak for about 30 minutes in that meeting. Ultimately, the death penalty wasn't given to the university for infraction infractions that had taken place. But at, at the end of the day, it was one of the tough things is when I had to go into the locker room with a group of guys and tell them there'd be no postseason play. And, and that was before the season started. And uh, and I know how difficult that was on them because we felt like we had a really good group and had a chance to, to go something, but nothing like BYU uh, or Utah State and, and having experienced that uh, a great, great seasons, uh, so many stories, uh, so many evidences of just uh, teams that were together and had great toughness and all the chemistry and culture things that were good, and then to take that all away from them. I mean, both BYU and Utah State had teams that could uh, win games in this tournament. So, and, and it's been a while for BYU since being in the tournament. USU obviously was there. So uh, those are heart-wrenching things. And you just, uh, I mean, you feel a little bit sorry for yourself as a coach, but you really, really feel bad for these young people who have given you everything that they have. There's nothing that you can do about it. And uh, so you focus on the positives, you know, and, and there are a lot of positives for both of those teams that would have been in the tournament going forward, but nothing kind of takes the hurt out. They'll have some opportunities to meet, I know, as a team. They'll probably have a banquet and celebrate the season, but uh, not the same thing, especially when both of these are really special teams. Just for clarification's sake, those infractions took place before you got there. Yeah, they Make did. Sure. Uh, there was a series of infractions that took place, and uh, it was it was kind of a dark time. You know, I, it wasn't something that I thought was going to happen. I thought it had been resolved, and uh, yeah, that was a really difficult thing for everybody involved. But don't, we, you know, the same thing, and we had young people and uh, that were, you know, had been brought there, and and all of a sudden that thing kind of. Uh, you know, the floor fell out on everybody. And, and, and it was really difficult after that, to be honest with you. We got six years of probation and uh, a, lot, a lot of things that made it really difficult that were unforeseen when I got there. Um, but I can remember the disappointment in, in their eyes and how difficult that was and how angry they were. And uh, so, but this, this is a situation that's so much more positive in the sense that they did special things and they're going to celebrate that. And uh, but they're not going to have a chance to play. So, um, yeah, it just, it, 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 there were two very difficult things. But I remember that it wasn't that different going into that room and telling young men who were excited about the upcoming season that there would be no upcoming season. There would be no NC2A tournament. Steve Cleveland joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Care to speculate on how it would have turned out for BYU and Utah State? You know, I, I, I've, you know, I'm like you, depending on where it looks like BYU was going to be a fifth seed. And uh, I, I saw so many different scenarios, but both teams, uh, I, I believe, would have had great opportunities to win a game. I mean, both of these teams have such great shooting, uh, good defensive teams, well coached. They had enough depth uh, to, to kind of get through a tournament format. 
and you know both of them are. I, mean, I, I can't imagine neither one of them not winning. And I know BYU came off a tough, uh, a tough loss to St. Mary's, but they had plenty of time to get back ready and be prepared for that. And uh, with so much shooting, and of course Utah State had a three-game winning streak going on, winning the Mountain West Conference tournament. So. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think both of those teams, depending on the brackets, could have been potential Sweet 16 teams. You, don't, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But the talent was there. The coaching was there. The experiences that they had, two very confident teams trusting each other and basically all in. And so it would, I don't think it would have surprised anyone. I think a lot of the prognosticators thought that BYU could be a Sweet 16 team. And... Uh, and anytime you got Sam Merrill on your team, anything can happen with Utah State. He had an amazing tournament and got them back to uh, where everybody kind of, thing, kind of thought they would be preseason. I don't think anybody saw San Diego State coming out of that thing like they did. But, uh, yeah, lots of disappointment, but also uh, a lot of love from a lot of people. And I think they, the players, I'm sure, and the coaches have felt the love from their communities. So the Jazz situation, you know, from a basketball standpoint, what I wanted to ask you, because uh, you know uh, Adrian Wojnarowski actually used to work in Fresno, was in our conference when we were back in that, doing it way back when. And so I trust the guy. I've known him for 25, 30 years. And he reports that there was some friction there with Gobert and some of the Jazz folks. And then Donovan Mitchell goes on Good Morning America, and he says you know, he needed some time to cool off, basically acknowledging that there was some tension there and Gobert doing what he did. And he's apologized and all that stuff. Not that I matter, but I certainly... Uh, forgive the young man for doing what he did and, and life goes on and all that and hopefully for the best of everybody but from a basketball standpoint I personally don't see this over the long term as being an issue whenever they get back out on the floor you don't have to be the best of buds I think they're charged with a mission and that's to win as many basketball games as you can you've been in situations where locker rooms you've had conflict between individuals maybe even coaches who knows what was going mm-hmm. on there how do you play all that out to make Make sure you're still focused on what the task is all about. Well, at some point in time, they're they're going to get back together, and and I think that's the responsibility of the coaching staff. To, you know, I think before you even have a team meeting, you sit down with each individual player. What's your experience been like? How are you doing? I mean, that'd be the first thing that I would do. I'd want to get one on one, kind of find where their mindset is, what's going on, how's your family, make that kind of contact. Uh, and, and then I, you know, it, it's kind of if it's the big old elephant in the room, then you talk about it. And you know, where are we at? What's going on? And he's gonna, they're going to have a chance to talk to Rudy. They're going to have a chance to talk to each other. And then I think once you've done that, you've talked to it with the coaching staff. You get a sense of it. You lead that discussion. There will be a narrative, and there probably were some hard feelings. Uh, and you know what? I, I think all of us. I'm like you. I mean, uh, it, there was some immaturity there and, and certainly uh, more, more from a lack of knowledge and understanding of what it was. Uh, I mean, everybody knows it's been heard Rudy Gobert, pretty sincere, kind person. And I know he felt bad to the point where he's donating $500,000. That kind of tells you how important he thinks it is. And so I, I read Adrian's comments. I, you know, and uh, I, I I heard you know some recent things from Donovan on some Twitter stuff. But at the end of the day, these are pretty mature young men that'll get together and work that thing out. Uh, but I do I don't think you're going to ignore it, 
And I do think you, you jump right into it with uh, interviews and discussions with coaches and players. You bring the players together, talk about it. It gives Rudy a chance as well with all of his teammates to share what he shared. And then you move past it. You just move past it. I mean, who hasn't done silly, dumb things? And it wasn't intentionally. He wasn't trying to hurt. He didn't have, he had a lack of understanding. There's a big difference. When you've got understanding and you know everything on the table and then you act ignorantly, then there's, there's going to be issues. But that's not the case here. And uh, I, don't, I don't see it being a problem. I think they work through it. But they do have to address it. They do have to address it. You don't want anything lingering. And they come, if they happen to be able to have the opportunity to come back, I mean, they're in a situation in fourth place or only a couple of games out of second place. They've got a lot on the line. And it appears, from what I'm reading, that both of them are getting better and feeling better. And like any kind of a flu, uh, those things usually take a week or two. But uh, I can't imagine the NBA going back into business if anybody's still sick. Or if they are, they won't be participating. So... Um, that, that's my, those are my, that's my take on it. But I, I, I think that, uh, well, we just live in such a transparent world that you can't sneeze, say anything, do anything without the whole world knowing about it. And a lot of things are taken out of context and, you, you know, you just never get all the context on a Twitter feed. And, uh, unfortunately we got millions and millions of people. That's, that's their foundation for all their information daily. And, that's a little unfair to people that can't defend themselves. You know, I think when it comes to relationships, you know, there's a hundred things that go into it. And so we know one, two, three, four, five of them. Uh, so there's probably a lot to the relationship, both good and bad, that we don't know. So I think when you talk about the elephant in the room, they got to address all those things, whatever they are. And PK and I don't know them and you don't know them and Jake doesn't know them. But I think the other thing that happens in sports is that people end up respecting or not respecting the way somebody plays. So you can have the elephant in the room discussion, but whenever they get back to playing games, however long that time period is, I think how you play. In Rudy's case, he's, you know, he's talked openly this season about wanting more shots, you know, not asking for shots, not asking for the ball, defending, rebounding, running the floor, not saying anything would carry a lot of weight, I would think, the same way that clear the air discussion would. Am I right? Yeah, no, yes, yes. I, 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 I think everything on the floor means everything. It's, it's kind of like, you know what? I apologized, I've donated money. I clearly made a mistake in, in judgment, but it wasn't with full knowledge of what it was. It was just more my naivety and ignorance to what was going on. And I'm going to come out and just get after it. And I'm going to play the best I can to help this team. And, uh, you know, you don't have to talk about it anymore. You know, and I think once you, once you leave that room and once you leave that situation, whatever it is, we're not going back there. I'm not going to go back to let's focus on hoop. And, uh, yeah, I, I think all of those guys, uh, I, I think there'll be a focus. I, I think Rudy Gobert will come out and play with a vengeance and probably maybe even more so because he feels like he needs to prove to people his worth and his value to this team. And, and certainly he has a great value to this team. So uh, I think that's exactly how it will play out if, in fact, they actually have an opportunity to play again. And, it, it, this, it is so crazy that every morning I get up and read something different, and it appears that they are going to reevaluate and reassess after 30 days and see how this is going to play out. But 
there's also lots of things that we're reading away from sports that would indicate that this might be a two, three, four-month deal that nobody's doing anything. So hard to know to understand what to believe, what not to believe. Uh, in California, uh, everybody 65 and over is supposed to stay in their house and be quarantined for the next two weeks. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to wrap that, wrap that around my head right now. It's like, you, no, you got to be kidding me. And now it's not, they're not mandating it through police force or anything yet, but that's the recommendation from the governor. And we know this state at times can be really messed up with legislation and a lot of other bureaucracy stuff that uh, is a little crazy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's all the things I'm reading. A, a lot of people don't feel that, that they're ever going to come back and play. I hope that is not true because I am dying. I mean, I realized uh, how shallow my life is <laughs> when I go home and realize that there's no basketball to watch, there's no, MB- there's no NC2A, no NBA, no golf. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, I got I to gotta start doing some other things in my life <laughs> if these things aren't going to be available to us. But I've really missed it. But we, we actually have done some good things as a family. I think a lot of people are indoors and doing things. And uh, that some of the things, I've, I've never really sat around and played games with my grandkids and done those kinds of things. So maybe this is good for me. i got to get reconnected with everybody. But it's, uh, it's been a really, really unique experience the last few weeks. So you've been in this business 35, 40 years. Uh, I don't know how much is going to surprise you anymore but were you surprised that rick patino gets another opportunity yeah i was and uh i just really surprised and i mean listen i i believe that people can change and uh i i apparently i don't know was he given a two or a three year stay where he couldn't take a job i i, I don't remember the details specifically um but people have short memories people want to win games uh, I'm, you know, everybody has value to him. Everybody can change. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to judge the man. He, you know, maybe he's made some significant changes in his life. But there were a lot of inappropriate things that went on there. And I can't imagine a president or an athletic director not sitting down and going having a thorough investigation that here's the things that have to happen. You committed to that. I mean, obviously he can coach. He's an iconic name and person in the, in the basketball business. It's going to help recruiting. He's back in New York. Um, but I was surprised. I, I really was surprised. I thought that, you know, I knew he went over to Europe and coached a little bit. I, I, would, I don't know him well enough to say, hey, I felt, always felt like he'd come back into college basketball. But, yeah, there's a little risk there. And, and, uh, but I, I can't imagine that any president or athletic director is going to bring him back and not have some really, really, really long discussions about compliance. Yeah, but he's going to sell tickets and fill seats. And open, oh yeah, and oh, no. old- I, we we all understand why he's going to sell tickets and he's going to be a, he's going to be able to bring kids into that program. And Iona's always been kind of an up pace, up tempo team. Guys like to play that way, and he's in the heartland there of guys that can can play so no it's it's going to benefit iona basketball in significant ways but i i would just if, you know if i'm i'm the leader and the leadership of that university you hope they address those things uh really loudly and you know and intently that hey what are your intentions why are you coming back why do you want to do this that would be the first, why 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 do you want to come back here what are your intentions and I'm, he obviously 
convince him that uh, he, he wants to be there, he wants to coach, and he, you know, I'm sure he wants to do all the things that every university wants their program to do. Um, again, I don't have a lot of insight to that, but I hope that discussion took place. Steve Cleveland joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Be safe. See you. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. There's Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider with PK and I. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way. Coming up later in the show, Big T Thurl Bailey is going to join us at 9 o'clock. Sam Merrill at 9.30. Talk with the Aggie Star. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.